I mean, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was uh, scrolling through Facebook, just perusing through friends, old friends, old lives, old pictures, and stuff like that. And, and it made me think. I wanted to ask you because it's two people who are, you know, pursuing a dream and entertainment and all this kind of stuff. When do you think it's time to give up certain dreams? For example, I'm 31 years old. Mm-hmm. I went to high school with you, and you were trying to be a rapper when we were 17, and you're still trying to be a rapper now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying at a certain age you should just like, like at some point when it, what it is, yeah. Because these kids don't want to hear an old rapper. Like, if you're 31 yeah. and you've been rapping successfully since you were 20, that's different than right. I'm right. trying to blow right. at 31 years old. A lot of things go into play, but I'll say maybe like almost hitting mid 30s. I think you should go ahead. Mid 30s. So you're saying it's 31, is you can still pursue the dream? Because all, all you need is one. And then I think, you know, if that one hits, uh-huh. you can kind of. It's kind of like getting your foot in the door. You can kind of go to you can like set yourself up for the side or something, you know, something. Yeah, else. yeah, right, right for somebody exactly. else. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. No. That that was a very mature response because I'm thinking like only front of camera success. Yeah. Like if your goal is to be because most, but that's the thing. Most people with those kind of dreams, their dream isn't like I would love to write a song for Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. They're like I want to be Beyonce or right. I want to be. 50 Cent or th- Post think, Malone. Yeah, I think 28 is max. I think you should. Yeah, because at some point you're too yeah. old. The The kids buy music. Yes. You know? So, and kids kids buy music. Kids make people go viral on TikTok. Any of that type of shit. Yeah. For like, another thing that brought this on for me is when I was, like I said, I was going through my friends. There's a girl that we used to work with mm-hmm. who she is at least the same age as us. Okay. And she's now trying to like be a TikTok model. With, like do TikTok. Got you. You know, TikTok content that's very geared to like, I'm a model, influencer, whatever the hell. And it's like, I just feel like sometimes you miss the boat. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because uh, Especially when you're trying too hard. Right. Because when you, as you get older, you may not notice it, but like- you you used to be in tune or what's the, what's the what's the term I want to use hip with Stuff yeah you used to be hip with you not you're out of the loop you start to phase it just out of doesn't it just doesn't and you don't even know you don't even know you don't even know you, don't know. you so the kids out. are looking at this and like yeah. this person's old so, yeah but you think you're doing the new hot shit but yeah. it's not it's not because I I've, I've hung around you know my brother in law and he's like young twenty dude. yeah young dude and like I've been around like we family guys and his friends been there and I hear some of the things they say and I go. Oh yeah, I don't way out of loop. I don't even know. Yeah, nothing like a like a like a twenty year old to just make you feel old. I remember. I don't know if it was your brother in law, it was somebody we were hanging out with, and we said something like, "Yeah, the new Drake came on." They were like, "You guys listen to Drake still?" I was like, "Is he not one of the biggest?" I was, you know, I really yeah, was yeah. like, "In my world, I'm oh, like, man. is he not one of the biggest guys?" Bro, like, the artist they listen to now, I will, I go who? Yeah, yeah, I don't know who that is. They're like, you don't listen to Lil Skeep Skeep. Like no, nah, I've never heard of. It. He's like he's the biggest thing on TikTok. If you, how have you? Not, I mean, all, everybody on Fortnite's listening to Lil Skeep. Yeah. Skeep. I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what that. I is. I don't know. And then you turn it on, it just sounds like a. I feel so old. Yeah, man. It's, I, was, I was about to say something very old, yeah. but it's true though. I was like, I was like, all these, all the music today sounds like uh, the modem loading uh, when you get on the internet, AOL dial-up internet. <laughs> yeah. All these guys, Yeet and Lil Peep and yeah. uh, Lil Uzi and Playboy Cardi. It's all just like. And I, I'm like, and I and and you know I don't like to feel like the right. 50 year old dude because yeah. the 50 year old dudes used to come to me and be like, 50 cent, 25 cent, a oh, nickel yeah. and a dime. What's yeah. this boobity hobbity skibbity? But I'm like, no man, something <laughs> is different. Yeah man, these people aren't saying anything. Yeah, you can listen to Get Rich or Die Trying, and you might not. It might be a lot of cursing, but I know what he's saying, and I yeah. feel what he's saying. Yeah, that's a hard album. Yeah, these man. kids today, man, I don't know what Lil Uzi Vert saying. Now, no. does it get me sometimes? Yeah, yeah of course. That fucking, I just want a rock song. Yeah, he put something in that. It's, uh, but but I don't know nothing. what he's talking about. He he's not saying anything. Song. And these kids are like, he's the goat. Yeah. So I don't know. My point is like, 
you can't compete with that at 31 years old because no. you think you're you're trying to rec- you're trying to recreate two chains or Jay Z or something that they don't these kids don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. So like yeah. we don't even already you're out. And then even worse, don't try to fit in. Then you look nuts. <laughs> you're trying to dress like you're a demon dress, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know put gel in your you hair. Like and you're 32. You like fool. Man. And you're trying to do auto tune rap. It yeah. just is crazy. It this looks a mess. So that's what I mean is, you know, errors change. And you can yeah. either try, and I think being genuine is the number one strategy. Right. Because yes. if you, because again, my, the girl that we used to work with, if she was just like, hey guys, I'm waking up, going to Target, whatever, just living her life, as opposed to trying to follow a blueprint of, I'm a social media influencer right. model girl. Right. If you're being genuine and you want to try to, you know, be uh, on social media that way, great. I hope you go viral. Yeah. But when you're doing the like, being my boyfriend on the beach or me doing a fitness thing or just things that you go, this is the template of any Instagram model doing content. And yeah. now you're deciding that you want to do that. Yeah. Just be genuine. If you're a rapper and you're like, I love rapping. Making music. Yeah. I love rapping Flip, over beats and that's just what I love to do. But yeah. if you're like, how do I, like you just said, I'm 32 years old and I want to catch one. Yeah. So you come on, you're like, put the pizza sauce on the sandwich, put the pizza sauce on the sandwich. And they're like, it just, <laughs> it's not genuine. <laughs> I might've caught one just now. Hold on. No, please don't. No, I might've, hold <laughs> no. up, hold up though. That's crazy. But that's besides the point. I'm just saying like, you know, you gotta know when you when to hang it up. Yeah, Thankfully man. we do podcasting and you can do podcasting as long as you want to. You can get as yes. old as you want to in this. It's a graceful medium. It is. You don't have to try to front or pretend for anybody to do this. I don't know, man. I think that when, you, when it's time to hang it up, it's time to hang it up. It's time to hang it up, man. Yeah. Go ahead and hang it up. Start a family or something. I don't know. It's like, just have a kid. Yeah, go have Fuck a kid. Start a family. I mean, like, be an adult, maybe. I don't want anybody coming and suck it up. I don't need anybody in my messages like, yo, check out my mix. No, man. Yeah. No. I have to go to work. Right. And you should have to go to work too. You shouldn't have time to be making mixtape. I don't have time for it, bro. People don't let people disrupt your peace. People messaging you like, hey man, I know we went to high school together. You should you should go check follow my YouTube channel. No. I don't want to. No. And I don't think that at a, at a point. All that support people and all that shit. It sounds good. Yeah. But don't support me if my shit is trash. Hang it up. Hang it. Hang it the fuck up. Get it. Hey, man. Get a hanger out of the closet. Scoop that neck into that hanger and put it away. And don't ever pull it back out. Not for winter. Put it away forever. Put it in a bin. Slide under your bed. It's over with. UPS is hiring. Yeah, obvious, we got a problem here And it's more than just obvious dream and punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got your friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite people Bougie ain't an option, it's the way Take it to the grave, add poop into the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yeah, it's right a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell man? Gonna post it. What up? And uh, before we get started, I want because uh, there's one thing. I, there's only one thing I want to talk about yeah. with you briefly. Um, but just to reiterate what we were talking about at the beginning, there. Listen, because I, I know it goes against some of the messages we give sometimes. Listen, yeah. if you have a dream in your heart, you should pursue it. Yes. But also, if it's not a dream and you just are looking to do something because you don't want to work somewhere, 
Like you're, you know, I think we live in the generation of, oh, I don't want to go be like this job. I'm yeah. going to become a DJ. Yeah. Like you're trying to just do something that is not a real job so you don't have to get a real job. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to work. If it's a passion of yours and you feel compelled to do it, start the podcast, start the YouTube channel, be a rapper, <laughs> 35, be a rapper. But if you're doing it because I'm going to quit my job, I want to live the life of, uh, of Rick Ross. Yeah. Don't do it At that 30, way. It's, not gonna it's just not going to happen, it's bro. You watch it. I know sometimes Lil Dicky makes it look good. You watch Dave, you go, this guy, I mean, this guy, this guy just looks like a regular guy. Look, no, he's a brilliant dude. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you can't, you can't just be like, well, I'm white. He's white. I'm Jewish. He's Jewish. Like, I can do it. No, no, no. That guy's brilliant. Some people are special and that's okay. And you don't have to be special to enjoy your hobby, but let it just be a hobby. You put it out. Don't be, you know, just enjoy it. Have fun. Do it for the love of it. And that's fine. Speaking of uh, for the love of it, friend, um, there has been a whirlwind of controversy. I have my mixed thoughts. You know, they've gone all over the place, but women's college basketball, um, LSU versus Iowa. We getting into it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting right into it. Right. Um, first of all, I want to give a, a big congratulations to both teams. Um, they played great. They played their hearts out. They both have amazing seasons. It's been a wonderful year for women's basketball in general. Um, the, the numbers have been incredible. Most viewed um, tournament of women's basketball history. Um, a lot of star power in this tournament. Caitlin Clark's a superstar. Angel Reese, a lot of the other players on the LSU team, great. Um, Angel Reese and the LSU Tigers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, blew out Iowa and led by Caitlin Clark, who in that game, she took the women's college scoring record from Cheryl Swoop, I believe. Cheryl yeah. Swoops. She's the leading. So she's a star. Caitlin Clark's a star. I want to give my flowers to Caitlin Clark as well because she got caught up in this whirlwind and it didn't have anything to do with Caitlin Clark. She was a class act. She, before I get into what happened, but she was a class act throughout everything, all the controversy. She never, this was not led by her. She never said anything about anything that happened. She's been nothing but graceful. They even, she even followed up after a couple, like a week later and was like, it was great. They did what they were supposed to do. They won. They're the champions. They get to talk shit. What happened was Caitlin Clark, um, in sports, we see this a lot, friend, as, as people who watch sports. Um, I think a lot of times America, the American media gloms on to the narrative of the great white hope. Mm -hmm. Where if a, if, a, if a basketball player or a football player who is in a predominantly black sport is good. Yeah. Not even necessarily great. Don't let them be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they become... The story, oh man, just gritty, hard nosed, yeah. uh, hard worker, fun to watch. Like they be, it's like a, it's like a miracle story. Mm -hmm. The point is, Caitlin Clark has been somebody who's been on fire, fantastic last yeah. couple of years, and is um, braggadocious and rambunctious and talks a lot, a little bit of shit. You know, does the Tony Yayo? We're gonna, we're gonna give it the proper due, obviously. Um, shout out to John Cena, but um, Tony Yayo invented the. Don't hand nobody know as Tony Yayo. Well, he still made it though. But don't nobody know it. But nobody he invented it. You still got to pay. Listen, something. If you if you don't tell the stories, man, everybody's gonna let you think that Elvis Presley invented rock and roll, and that's not the case. Okay, so you can't you can't just let you can't just write. Oh no, it doesn't matter if Tony Yayo invented it. People know because John Cena. No, no, but it, it matters that Tony Yayo invented it. Who's the most famous one? It doesn't matter. But that's but, why though. Who's the most known But person? he can't do it if, he, if Tony Yayo doesn't do it. We're getting into semantics. I'm just saying. The point is, Caitlin Clark does the John Cena, Tony Yayo, whoever celebrations. She's a fun player to watch. Yeah. And Angel Reese from the LSU Tigers, as they were winning by like 20 points, mm -hmm. I guess she took some of that stuff personally. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm sure, I don't know if she said this. I'm, I would you know, love to hear her own words. But the idea that nobody picked LSU to win. They're this great team. 
Caitlin Clark got all this attention and she and she was and she was very showboaty about it. So it's like, oh, nobody picked us. We're up. We were we were winning by 20. We're going to win the championship. I'm going to go over to her and, you know, I'm going to do her celebration to her, which I've seen done in sports before. You know, I, you know, people talk trash. That's what happens, you know. So um, at the very least, if people would have gone, oh, come on, I would have understood what proceeded after this was to this 20 year old girl who's in college, just won a national championship. Beautiful moment. People were calling her disgusting pieces of shit. Um, fucking dumbass, just horrible vitriolic language that didn't need to be used in a basketball game. It like super crossed the line. And I think a lot of it was because they saw this, this ghetto black girl, whatever they want to paint on her. And this like great shining, uh, Caitlin Clark, whatever. And it, 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 it broke a lot of people's brains, I think. And they came and they jumped out on the ledge and said a lot of dumb shit. When Caitlin Clark was doing it, it was fun. And she, oh, she's the queen of the clap back and all this stuff. And yeah. I just don't like how the media handled that situation. Yeah, man. I mean, everything you just said, I 100% agree with. But what happened was, so it was like when she, she did it. So what happened was she did it the game before, if anybody doesn't know. She did Caitlin it the Clark. game before. Caitlin Clark did it the game before the championship game to another team when they won. So when they play LSU... You know, they played their game. And, and before the game, the whole thing everybody was saying, that, oh, this is going to be a very, you know, intense game. Yeah. Right? These two these two are going to talk trash. Uh-huh. And I, I don't remember the other girl's name from LSU. What's her name? She's, I know she's from Baltimore. But I just don't Angel Reese. Angel Reese. Yeah. But they was like, you know, this is this is also what she mm-hmm. does too. She, from Baltimore, if you're Baltimore, you play basketball, it's talking trash, sure. and you, you, you back it up. For sure. So that's what she did. And, like, her... Coming to a game and talking trash was nothing new, but both of them were known for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then it was in one game at a championship game, and then one loss, and the other one. Yeah. And then you know I beat you, so I'm gonna sure. let it. I'm gonna let it. Run Are a little you bit. a proponent of to the victor goes to spoils? Because I am. Yeah. If I win, I'm not. You can choose to be humble and shake everybody's hand yeah. or whatever, but you can also you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah, I mean, you I do won. It. We won. Yeah, you do it. I, mean, I don't like oh, it. Are you, you saying? Oh, oh, yes, oh, you, me. you, Alvin Williams. Yes, you, you do. It. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Um, you I would gloss over every one. I, I would, <laughs> I would disagree. Um, sure. I would disagree uh, to a point. I like the win; it's a good feeling. Okay. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm humble in victory. I wouldn't. Also, wouldn't say I'm like. Uh, I don't cross the line. You do though. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, here's you, what you don't like. No. Here's you, what here's what you don't like. And 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 if and if Angel okay. Reese if okay. Angel Reese would have done this, I would have thought it was like. Funny and nice and whatever. Hers right. was more intense. I'm not an intense winner. What I do is I do like a, I get emotional. And yeah, but it's not it's not real though. Yeah, but it's it, that's the fun for me to be like, man, you know, they 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 counted us out. That kind of stuff. No, nobody believed in us. Right. I like to do stuff like that. I'm not like in your fucking face. I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, that's not me. Yeah. But my point is, if I was like that, to the victor goes the spoils. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't like it, beat me. That's 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 I I I think that that's fine in competition. And I think anybody who is a competitor knows that. And they know that at the end of the day we're going to shake hands. We went out there and battled and all that stuff like yeah. after after the the emotions yes. die down. Yes. We're going to come into the table. And I'm going to go, Caitlin Clark, you're a phenomenal player. Great competition. Great game. Great that. season. Exactly. Yeah. But in this moment right now, yeah, no. Ring. Put I the ring like, on. Yes. Ring me up. We put, won. Put the ring on my finger. You can't see me. Yeah. It's just it's just when whenever the person, when their skin is black, it's, it's magnified. It's super loud. A hundred times. But it's magnified by the media. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but that's what gets everybody a, riled up, though. When this was went, a cut and dry case of that. Right, but when it gets everybody. But you can see it on on, so on social media when everybody people are saying these. Like, I know yeah. social media. I know um, I know the media will take this and they'll, you know, blow it up. But, I mean, they're not getting it from it nowhere. No, it's not, it's not coming from nowhere, it's obviously. From nowhere. People are, Another thing that made me mad was, now, I just had this conversation with Steph when the whole thing. So, they invited, Joe Biden invited, Ellis. Championship team goes to the White House for sure. They invited both teams to the White House. Yes, that's not what is. That's what. That's, that's what not. Ne- me that off. never happens. That never happens. They're trying to. They're trying to uh, put out this. Fi- that's not a big deal. They're making it a big deal. Yeah. The idea that you would even go, we're going to have you guys both come and shake hands. But that's never happened. Yeah. There's been contentious rivalries and championship exactly. games and all kind of sports. And one of the, the team wins and they go. And the thing I say, the 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 part I, the the media blew this up so much is that Caitlin Clark is like. I wouldn't even go. Yeah. Like I why would I want to go? Because it wouldn't it wouldn't happen if it was the other way. Exactly. If I'll tell you like this, and this is this is another part how the media and just America in general can make black people feel crazy. Cause I, Angel Reese, mm-hmm. it's been about a week or so since the championship game. But the couple of days after that, she handled it great. I mean, she was great on Twitter and like the way she was, you know, defending herself and just being unapologetically black and yeah. a black girl with like a weave in her hair and being like, yeah, we go out there and they're saying this and that about us and whatever. I think a lot of that was taken out on Caitlin Clark. Yeah. I think a lot of like the media narratives and her anger about how they were being covered kind of Caitlin Clark took the brunt of that, but it was still real, but it made they it were seem- still dogging them out. Right. But it made it seem like they was defending Caitlin Clark though. Like exactly. she, we fight, we do, we do, we fight this fight for her. Exactly. And my, and my, and my point is, is that, I'm sure. I'm sure. At some point in the locker room, over DMs, text messages with her team, she went. If that team full of mostly white women who were listening to Taylor Swift in their locker room before the games, and we're listening to Boosie in our games, if they would have won, and Caitlin Clark would have did any of the type of hand in my face, her thing, the announcers would be like, "Oh, here she go. Yep. Here's well, man, it's crazy." Yep. But it's that's hypothetical and crazy and we're making up scenarios and you can't deal in things that are negative and not real. You can't, you can't prove a negative, but that's how it feels when you go, well, if this person was this color, it wouldn't have gone that way. And that makes us sound crazy. Yeah. And so I'm sure Angel Reese had those moments where she goes, if Iowa would have won this game, we wouldn't have got invited to no, No. to the white house. No, I don't want to go. And Caitlin Clark, if she would have did any kind of, her thing, people would have been like, man, she's like Conor McGregor. Yep. It's the same thing. It's like Conor McGregor is Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But because his fan base is mostly white, they love that Conor McGregor talk shit. It's something about a, 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 a white athlete with some swagger that just does something to the media. Yeah. They get, they, the doors open up. They get opportunities. Gronkowski, yeah. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You know, these guys, they just like, I don't know. Some, it's like, man, this sport's like mostly black people, but this white guy's really good at it. Yeah. That's how you become a logo. But I, we're not going to get into that, though. Yeah. We're not going to get it. 60, 70 years, Jerry West been the logo. I'll tell you like this, I would love to see him and Chris Paul play a game in one-on-one. And that's not even, I'm not, that's not even the trump card. No. Chris Paul's not. great, but like, it's not. there's some guys, I'm like, they would cook this dude. Man. But that's great. He's the logo, and he can be the logo sure. for, for as long as They're he wants to be. Changing, no, no, that's that's never changing. No. That's never changing. Ever. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's just some thoughts, man. I um I really didn't like how the media handled a lot of that, and I just wanted to give a congratulations to um LSU for a great game, and a uh, shout out to Caitlin Clark, who's going to go on and make a lot of money playing yep. basketball. She's going to be the face of the WNBA for in the, in the next couple of years. So shout out to her and her teammates, and a hard hard fought game. And you know, um yeah, I don't like those kind of narratives dividing people. 
And this one came and bit it bit the media in its own ass at how out of hand it got. Yep. But it was due to the media making this narrative of these the, them versus them and this versus that. And, oh, we love her talking shit. And then as soon as it happened, to her, it's like, how dare she attack her that way and uh, stalk her and all, walk around the court? And it was like, come on, man, this is sports. You know, like we, we got to keep it pure. Like we got to keep the sports pure. Don't bring those narratives into this and, and taint good trash talking. I mean, like that was good for the WNBA. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that type of stuff is what makes people want to watch rivalries and intensity. They did the same magic, magic, magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Magic Bird. It's the same formula. Black and white. It was black and white. And, you know, that was the media again. Yep. It, it didn't get. Well, I don't know. It probably did get a little out of hand. You know, in Boston, especially. Oh yeah, they still. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, look, we don't need to. Hey, man, we don't. We don't got to get into Boston. Um, we don't have any. We don't have any Patreon shoutouts this week. So what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna um take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, welcome back. Um. Should, I, should we say what, what we're going to do right to, for this episode? Yes, yeah, so for this episode, we are trying out a new format where we're going to be doing one story this week. Uh, me and Fran also discussed the idea of maybe going forward, we might even do like a collab effort on stories where we both just tackle one longer form story. And so we're going to give it a try this week uh, with Fran being the only person telling the story this week. So, boom. Yeah, so uh, my further murder this week is about the story of Norman Roy and John Francis Roche. Okay, Fran fancy names. Roy was born on September 6, 1935. When he was an eight-year-old orphan, both of his parents died of unspecified causes. Afterwards, he and his sister were raised by his grandmother. Mm -hmm. Around his junior year of high school, Roy began a habit of committing petty crimes, which eventually landed him in a state reformatory in November of 1951. During his incarceration, he began to become interested in baseball. So, you know, he, oh, he did a little bit of time. On the yard. And he came out and then he was, he kind of, I guess that's when you kind of like find, a even hobby. if he was already into baseball, it's like. Yeah, but if all you can do every yeah. day is play baseball, you're going to get an interest in it. Out on the yard. They, but they don't. Playing jail baseball? Don't, I know they don't do that now, though. They don't do baseball. Well, this, we're talking, this, so. this is the 30s. You never seen life? They were playing baseball in life. They, yeah, then. I'm talking about now. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, now. I, don't they, I, don't they, they, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing in there. Longest yard, they're <laughs> the, playing the basketball. They're not making no damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love longest yard, but they're not having a fucking football team. You don't know that. Is that a thing? I don't know. Like jailhouse leads? Play, man. Let's get jailhouse correspondent. Reach out. Let us know. What sports, what kind of extracurriculars are they letting you do? In, uh, if I, I, mean, if I can get a degree, you can let me play some fucking pigskin, throw a pigskin around. If I can get a culinary arts degree, you can let me throw. You can let me play. You can get that in jail. Yeah, can you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it'd be a legit one when you come out. Like, it's, I, I mean, know. it could be legit. I don't know. I don't think Gordon Ramsay would is going to take a chance on hiring you because he's got to run your background check. So it depends on what you did to get you in prison. But They're like some jailhouse cuisines. Oh yeah, yeah, man. You never seen people make like oh oh yeah. man the things they take they take uh, two honey buns and yeah, a pack of ramen noodles and you, make wonders with yeah, it. Yeah, but you shouldn't come home. Eating Still that, doing that. No, 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 like no. That's, no. that's incredible. That's crazy. But that same ingenuity, you take it to a I fridge where you're like, oh, you got this, a little bit of spinach, um, some icing from a cake, and you whip up something amazing? Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I guess. But, man, he... he My he, point is, you should be able to play baseball he, and football. I get that. But, I mean, like, you brought the longest job. I'm like, they don't have leagues. 
I know they're not playing other prisons. In the- <laughs> That's I'm just saying a, little, a weekly football game. You know what I mean? Touch football. I'm not saying it's it's San Quentin versus uh, Jessup football. You know, the- no, nah, come on, traveling. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, because we when I when I, uh, we went on our little honeymoon when when we went to Philly, mm-hmm. we went to that prison that was there, and you know the um, you got to go there by the way. Yeah, phenomenal. I love it. Um, but you they 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 show like you know you can hear like sounds like. Of them and like you can read they were playing baseball was a thing they played mm. but i'm like not nah, today nah, they don't do that now yeah like, they they're have too bas- busy making like basketball like, mm. they got basketball so. yeah so but he got interested in baseball and after his release he successfully made it to his high school ba- baseball's team he even said he aspired to one day make it into the major leagues okay so i mean he had he had big dreams mm-hmm and he got a little bit of grit on him from being in like a boys' camp or whatever, you know. So he's tough. Hey, hey, if hard if, if Deion Sanders was a baseball coach, uh huh, boom. Oh, he would take. Yeah, he would this take is, him. This yeah, is his yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Roy would state that around this time he began to commit purse snatches and thefts from part trucks in New York City. After getting out of the. After getting out. Okay. Yep. So on January second, nineteen fifty four, Roy was prowling through an apartment complex in Harlem when he began stalking Margaret Branch who was 40 years old, who was walking home alone. Roy waited until Branch was nearing her room when he attacked her. He choked and robbed her and then carried her to the fifth floor and raped her. Mm. Afterwards, he strangled her to death with one of her Christmas stockings. Over four months later, on May 28th, Roy found himself inside a subway station when he began stalking 25-year-old Kathleen Stewart. Through the station all the way back to her, her Harlem River apartment. Once there, he confronted and threatened her, claiming that he had a knife, even though he didn't. He forced her into the parking lot and raped her twice, mm. and then tied her hands behind her back and strangled her to death. On June 7, 1954, Roy attacked 66-year-old Isadora Gomez as she entered her apartment building. I mean, she's not 66, not, not elderly, but I mean... Older. Yeah. Yeah. Still a mismatch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Roy threw a noose around her neck. Oh, God. And demanded money. And Gomez handed handed over five pennies. But not feeling satisfied, Roy tightened the noose, resulting in Gomez dying of asphyxiation. Jesus Christ. With the five pennies that Gomez gave him, or he stole, Roy bought a box of crackers. He later ate the crackers while observing police examining Gomez's body. So he goes, runs to the store, runs to the store, gets some snacks, comes back to the crime scene, comes back to the crime scene, just eating. Detectives took notice of Roy spying on them and arrested him. Now, I don't know if he was like, he just be, he's like the first one there. Shit eating grin on his face. Oh, he's the only one there. Yeah, he's like the only one. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, but I mean like, they start, you know, they, Police start arriving. He's mm-hmm. just he's like there standing. People mm-hmm. are like, what the fuck is this guy? Unbothered. Yeah, yeah. He you? stands out for sure. <laughs> so Roy confessed to each of the murders, describing in detail how he had committed them. According to Roy's confession, he said he did not intend to kill Miss Gomez, but claimed he tightened the noose and she just died on me. This well, is, that's that kind of what happens when people can't breathe, you know? Right. So crazy, like, crazy oh, how that, crazy how that goes. Tightened it a little bit and uh, yeah. I just cut off her airway a little bit, and she just she just died all of a sudden. Yep. So Sick. two days before Roy's arrest, a man named John Francis Roche, who was arrested by a patrolman, Gustave Reniger, 
Renegar noticed Roche driving erratically on the wrong side of the road, and so he pulled him over. Roche could not produce a driver's license, and so he was arrested and booked to the closest police station. When asked what was he doing, Roche simply replied, just for a pleasant day. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I guess that means he's just out. Yeah, I'm just out. Day. Just, just, I don't just, know. just, 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 what are, you, what are you out for? Just yep. for a pleasant day. Once in custody, the license plate on the vehicle matched that of a vehicle that was reported stolen. In the trunk of the vehicle, police uncovered a knife and a blood stain mm. on a lead pipe. Mm. Now, John Francis Jack Roche was born September 6, 1927. In Port Chester, New York, one of three children to Irish immigrant parents. Shortly after his birth, the family moved from Port Chester and settled in New York City. Roche's father, Patrick, was an alcoholic mm. who repeatedly assaulted his wife and at one point attempted suicide. Roche's mother made money by working as a sex worker oh. in an apartment flat or you know, apartment, apartment building high rise. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was like, I don't know if that was just her works. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call. It. I don't like want to say. I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But right, like, but like if that's like where she worked out of consistently. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah that yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's very. It's giving very much. Uh, it's very city high. What would you do? Yes. It's very yes. You know, the struggling. Dad's an alcoholic. Yep. You know, mom's doing what she has to do to make ends meet. Yep. Which I now concede of what that means, and uh, yeah, that's a tough. <laughs> right. yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough go. So according to the psychology reports. Roche would spend a considerable amount of time in confinement. At age 12, Roche began committing petty crimes, many of which landed him on probation. It's one how it's weird how Roy, mm-hmm. he, got time. he got time. Yeah, he oh, but, time. But, but Roche got but probation. Roche got probation. Why is that? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You tell me, man. Well, I can't tell you. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I have no <laughs> idea why. I mean, I can guess, but I don't have the... I'm, I, well, your guess is just as good as mine. Okay. Yeah. Is there At, a racial component? I, I would think so. Okay. At age 13, he was sent to reformatory school. Mm-hmm. In his adolescent years, his mother abandoned him, mm-hmm. and Roche began escalating his crimes. In 1951, he was detained for armed robbery, for which he was given a short prison term, getting out sometime before July of 1952. Roche might have started his murder spree on July 26 of 1952 when 23-year-old Josephine Brown was strangled to death on a deserted street in Queens. For her murder, police arrested 18-year-old Oliver Freeman, known to police as the Batman. I don't, I don't know much on Mr. Oliver Freeman, uh-huh. but that was his nickname. They gave him, you know, Batman from the story. And he was convicted for first-degree manslaughter for Josephine Brown's death and was sentenced to 10 to 20 years imprisonment. On August 22, 1953, 22-year-old sailor Edward Bates was bludgeoned and stabbed to death in Queens. Not long after police began investigating, Paul A. Pfeffer, a man with a lengthy criminal history, was arrested on August 27. On November 15th, Roche burglarized an apartment that belonged to 85-year-old Rosa Chronic. Investigators alleged that while he was ransacking the place, Rosa interrupted him. Mm. Interrupted him ransacking her home. Right. I don't think that's the right Right. word to use for that. 
Hey man, he was I'm there doing first. my thing. I'm in here doing my thing. He was there first, and she comes barging she come in, in she to come her in, home, putting a key in the door, thinking <laughs> she could just walk in here freely. Yeah, the nerve. And in a panic, Roche stabbed her to death mm. and fled. This murder was Roche's first confirmed, and Paul Pfeffer, on the other hand, was convicted of Bates' murder in January of 1954 and was sentenced to 20 years imprisonment. So, they were saying that you know Pfeffer, they didn't they didn't think that. Um, Roche killed Bates and um, Mrs. Rosa. So gotcha. they put it, they pinned it on, they Fe- pinned it on Pfeffer. Right. So Roche did not commit another murder until April 8th of 1954. That day, he stalked 17-year-old Marion Brown through the apartment complex she lived in and where she worked as a waitress. Once in a secluded area of a hallway, Roche attacked Brown and proceeded to rape her. Mm. While Brown attempted to scream for help, but Roche eventually killed her and fled. After the murder, Roche got a call from his fiance, Yolanda Graspo. Graspo explained she was frightened of the news of Brown's murder, so she heard the Brown's murder made it to, to, the, to the media. Yeah. And she heard about this. Made her nervous as a made woman. Made her nervous as a woman, that a guy's going around you know, attacking and raping and killing women. And he's like, I have a feeling so that she you have scared. nothing to worry about. Yep. <laughs> Something just tells me I just yep. have a just call me crazy, but I just think that you can walk the streets freely yep. and not be concerned about this crazy, very powerful and I would guess handsome yep. killer. I think he won't be any worry for you. Yep. But unknown to her, Roche was the killer. Yes. So Roche, so she wanted somebody to she wanted Roche to walk her, you know, to work. Now that she can't be walking around the streets alone. Yeah. There's a guy walking out and. He did that, and you know, it's like the it's like the opposite of when you when uh, Lois Lane is hanging out with Clark Kent, and you're like, yeah, Superman's never going to show up, yeah. He goes, and he can say that confidently, yeah, because he's, he's Superman, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so Roche agreed to to lead Graspo home, and he did, and leaving her unharmed. I mean, that was his fiance. He wasn't going to. Yeah, I'm not going to let this crazy killer hurt you, right? Exactly. Man, that's that's sick for you to be wow. putting, like sniggling to yourself, like. Baby, I got you. You're so he's trying to get extra brownie points. Yeah. I know. I, I know. I'm really risking my life out here protecting you, but I would do anything for you, girl. That's sick, man. That's <laughs> it's sick. me. It's me. I'm him. It's <laughs> That's me. Sick. So on April 16th, Roche flagged down a taxi operator by 43 year old Alexander Jablanca. Once inside, Roche stabbed Jablanca to death with the same knife used to kill Brown, mm. and then he fled. During the period of time after the murder. There was speculation that the murders of Brown and Jablanca were perpetrated by the same person. Mm-hmm. Something the Yorkville police denied, saying there was not enough evidence and the news could cause a, a panic among Yorkville residents. So keep people in the dark instead. Yep. On June 2nd, 14-year-old Dorothy Westwater left her apartment for school when Roche, when Roche approached and forcefully dragged her under a staircase. He proceeded to stab Westwater in the neck, mm. back, and chest a total of eight times Jesus. before raping her and shattering her skull with oh. a lead pipe. By the time Westwater was found, the lead pipe in the trunk. she was still alive, but in dire condition, having to be rushed to the hospital where she died as a result of her injuries. Mm. The series of brutal slayings caused a moral panic among the Yorkville population. With authorities overwhelmed with the string of murders, finally having to admit that there was a link between each of the killings. It was reported that men in the general area of the murders accompanied young girls to protect them 
from the killer. So now, little younger, which I don't like anyway, but mm-hmm. this is a different time. Young women can't be just walking around by themselves right. in the streets. But the sick part of that also is there are dudes who are gonna who are predators who are gonna take advantage of let me protect you, let me walk you home, let me do this. It's not safe for you to be out here, and it's not safe for you to be with them either. Right. So it's like there that's not that's not a good alternative either. Like oh, all these dudes are stepping up to have this excuse to go approach women and ask if they can walk them to their doorstep, and that could be not safe. Right. Yeah, man. I just that's still creepy too, though. Like a random guy be like. Hey, it's not safe out here for you. Yeah. <laughs> to bring that to your attention, like, yeah. it's dangerous. You could get murdered out here. Yeah. Can I walk Can beside I, you? Like, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I can't walk beside you, bitch. It's like, you know, we've seen yeah, that. Yeah, man. So on June 5th, 1954, Roche was arrested by patrolman Gustave Reniger. And Reniger noticed Roche driving erratically on the wrong side of the road. Again, I just mentioned this before I started, you know, kind of getting to his story. And Gustave uh, pulled him over. Roche cannot produce a driver's license, and so he was arrested and mm-hmm. booked. When asked what was he doing, again, he, re- he simply replied, just for a pleasant day. Just for a pleasant day. Yep. Just, just a pleasant day. Once in custody, the police, once in custody, the license plate on the vehicle matched that of a vehicle that was reportedly stolen. Stolen, In the trunk of the vehicle, police uncovered a knife and a blood stain on a lead pipe that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. which investigators, in- so Roche was interrogated and confessed to to the total of six murders, including those of Edward Bates and Josephine Brown. That's a crazy sentence. Yeah, Oh, like two before, like yeah. two before. Yeah, yeah. Like two previous. Well, I... Two previous... It was, it's supposed to be days. It's supposed to be days. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, because... Yeah. I, I was waiting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because the, the, the article I read, it said, it said two days before Norman Roy was arrested, and then the other one said two days after Roche was arrested. And I was like, What? So I just, I just went with two days before Roche was arrested. Got it. So two days before Roche, Roche's arrest, an 18-year-old boy, two days before Roche's arrest, an 18-year-old black boy named Norman Roy was arrested in New York City for the murder of his neighbor, who was a 66-year-old Isidore Gomez. And Roy eventually confessed to the three murders that dated back to January, January of 1954. Mm. Since two of Roche's murder confessions involved the conviction of two people, an outcry of public support for both Oliver Freeman and Paul Pfeffer to stand a retrial, Queens County District Attorney Vincent Queen stated, however, that Roche's confession, confessions were without basis in fact, and said four out of the six murders he confessed to held actual truth. Despite this, a retrial of Pfeffer was granted but Roach was due to stand trial for the murder of Dorothy Westwater first. So they kind of wanted to get this, this, that case out of the way first before yeah. they went back and try to see if, cause he, cause he wanted to retrial. So he was right. like, you know, I didn't do that. Yeah. So during the trial, Roche did not deny his guilt, claiming he did not want to live out the rest of his prison. Roche did not deny his guilt, claiming he did not want to live out the rest of his days in prison and wanted to die. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they went with the the case with the most evidence first. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they, can, they can pin that on him. Yeah. And he's not even arguing. So. Right. He also claimed he was sorry for killing Westwater. This, right. this, yeah, part was, this, this part was crazy. Claiming that he thought that she was 18 
when he attacked her. What? Why? Why does he? Why does that matter? But was upset that when he learned that she was fourteen years old. So he was saying, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, if she, if I'd have known she was fourteen years old, I wouldn't even I have wouldn't attacked have, her. I wouldn't have attacked her. That's that shit we talk about, where that's his twisted moral compass that we'll never be able to understand. Nah, In his mind, he goes, "I'm not a fucking pedophile. I'm not a, I'm not a sick dude. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't kill a child. I thought she was legal, and that's why I killed her." When I found out she was only 14, it fucking broke my heart. I was but like, to, damn, that's crazy. That, I would never do that. But to say that in court. Yeah. And think that the, that's like a logical families. Thing. Yeah. That's grieving to be like, hey, I, this wouldn't, you know, if, hey, she, if she was 18, yeah. you know, it's, I mean. She'd be alive. She's up to, not even, but not even that. Yeah. If she was 18, I mean, to me, what he said to me, it was like, well, if she was 18, you know, it's a go. I mean, like, she's. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. It, I, you're no, Yeah, you're right. I'm, Yes. What he's saying is, I'm wrong. Yes. Because she was 14. Yeah. She so, was off limits. Hey, man, I'm not even going to fight this because you know limits. what? I did something wrong. Yeah. If she was 18, that'd be a different story. I yeah. might be even saying I'm not guilty. But exactly. I'm. she's 14. That's my bad. I, I, that's a crazy, that's the craziest yeah. shit I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Fanny be like, oh, if she was 18, I mean, hey, she's, I, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. If she's 18, she's up for grabs. Game. She's up for grabs. Yeah. What, what, what do you want me to do? 14, that's my B. That's my B. That's my B. <laughs> That's my B That's and crazy. A. Throw the book at me. Hey, put the, put the cuffs on me. I de- I deserve I'm it. wrong. I deserve it. So Roche's attorney, James Morey, compared Roche's mind to scrambled eggs, <laughs> saying his client was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and Roche stated he would rather be executed than to be sent to a mental hospital. Oh, well. So Roche expressed remorse, um, expressed expressed some remorse over Westwater's Westwater's murder due to her age, mm-hmm. saying, I'm sorry, she was only 14. I thought she was 18. Wow. Roche was convicted of first-degree murder. The jury did not recommend mercy, making a death sentence mandatory. Mm. His execution was scheduled for August 24th of 1955. However, Roche was unable to be executed that day due to the testify at the retrial of Paul Pfeffer. Before the trial, because he had to testify, he had to because he had to testify. I think he, I think he just had to wait. I think he just had to wait because I think what I think they was going to do was to, they're doing the retrial with Pfeffer because uh-huh. if they said okay Pfeffer, Pfeffer was innocent, right? They was probably going to add it on to um, Roche, right? So I think they, I, I think they just waited. Let that let that settle so we can get all the charges settled exactly. and, and charge him, you and properly. Four hundred years, and, yeah, in an execution, whatever. So before the trial, Pfeffer was convicted. Of a separate homicide, that of Melon Bird, an assault on Harry Meyer, for which he was sentenced to life in prison. Mm. So he got it. Yeah. He probably thought he was getting off. No escaping. They, they found. They're like, damn, you found that. <laughs> I did, dude. I did not. Yeah, damn. Damn. I guess I should call my girlfriend and tell her, don't come pick me up. He's yeah. ready. He's ready. Man. She had the clothes in the car. She about to, He's about to go on Walk down the steps with your arms up like Rocky? He thought. He thought. So in January of 1956, the charge against Pfeffer for Bates' murder was dismissed. So, but he didn't get that one. I guess he can go for him. I guess he didn't get that pin on him. I guess. So, the two cases which occurred in close proximity to one another mm-hmm. were compared to each other by the press and the media on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do this on purpose, but this kind of played into the episode we kind of talked about today. Yeah, when there is a black guy and a white guy. Yes, and they were compared 
I don't know how the, they would the compare. Media, the media narratives. Yes. I don't know how they would compare to the media in I 1950. Can I can guess. But we can guess. I can guess. We can guess. Savage, brutal, murdering animal <laughs> compared to like cunning, cat-like, uh, stealthy, ingenious prowler who uses his mind to sub- subdue and seduce women. Yeah. Where the black dude's like monster, br- which yeah. is. It's all bad. My whole point is like, it that's is. one thing I never want to get misconstrued well, that I'm like, why aren't they talking about black serial killers like they're smart? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying but they they're don't. all fucking pieces of shit monsters. But this idea that Ted Bundy or this guy Roche, I'm sure, obviously in this case, we're speculating, but I don't think I'm wrong in how the media was portraying them. If he's one's white, one's black and their, their crimes are similar, I'm guessing one is coming across more cunning and... um uncatchable compared to um, an animal a yes. brutal monster animal yeah. sh- not human shit like that whereas ted bundy like i said you know ted bundy is portrayed as this genius this suave handsome you want to sugarcoat it yeah you yeah. know what i mean so you want to make it sound all nice and yeah and, and, and this dude murdered people yes. brutally murdered people yeah. you don't want to make it sound like like i mean if he wasn't a killer he celebrity. probably could be an M- mit right now building rocket ships like what like this man's murdered. This guy's a murderer. You're like, I mean, honestly, he looks like a guy you'd want to get a beer with. No, I don't. Not at all. So in a jailhouse interview with his sister, Roy denied making a confession, stating, they found my they found my pants in the hallway. While awaiting trial, Roy was not eligible for bonds. So I think during the the interview they did, I guess he was just saying, like, I don't know, they I didn't do it, I guess. Yeah, they just they just found and my they pants. Just found my- on February 4th of 1955, Roy was convicted of first-degree murder and the death of Gomez. The jury did not recommend mercy, making a death sentence mandatory. Mm-hmm. Roy was formally sentenced to death on March 5th, 1955. While awaiting execution, Roy received no visitors but turned to religion. After 10 months on death row, on January 1950, on January 9th, after 10 months on death row, on January 19th of 1956, Roy was executed by electric chair in Sing Sing Prison. His last meal consisted of roast chicken and steak. Ooh. And Roy had no last words. Roast chicken and steak. Yeah. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. Sounds like a good last Surf word. and bird? That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of surf and turf, but I never. <laughs> Wait, going. how's it, how's it surf? Oh, it's not. It's turf and bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Turf and bird. Turf and bird. Yeah, turf and bird. That's a new one. You're right. It's not surf and bird. Turf. I, that would be good too. I would Wait, think. no. So what is it? Turf is the beef. I thought surf is the surf is the surf. fish. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So it's turf and bird. Turf and bird. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's that kind of. It's kind of dry. I don't. Yeah. Chicken and steak is. I don't. I mean, it had to be really well prepared, and it's a jail. So it's about like a sandwich. Yeah, it's a chicken sandwich and a, a, a Southbury steak. Ugh. <laughs> that sounds gross. Yes, it's uh, a, bird, bird. Wait, that's is that, that's not turf. still steak, is it? Salisbury steak. Yeah, it's meatloaf. <laughs> so why is it? It's not steak though. That's poor people just trying to trying to judge some shit up. I've been there. You know, sometimes that's Salisbury steak. Oh no, the the banquets. Banquet uh, TV dinners, you know yeah. about those? Yeah, oh, yeah, come on, man. A little hot applesauce? <laughs> that's not a banquet. Oh, that's not? That's, that's like, a hungry man that, or something, huh? No, that's like the, uh, that was like the kids. Oh, okay, yeah. But we had the, the little kid cuisine. It was like a little uh, penguin. Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't fuck up a couple of those. <laughs> little burnt brownie. 
<laughs> Salisbury steak, man. It's just meatloaf. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I was eating those way past when no, I, it was fine. I was not a kid when I was eating some applesauce that had been microwaved in a, a TV dinner. Hey, man, your bougie just didn't kick in until late. So no, nah, I was I a late bloomer. On the, I was I a late bloomer that. on the bougie train. I respect that. I yeah, respect yeah. that. But uh, turf and turf and bird. Yeah, turf and bird is crazy. Turf and bird. Last meal. You don't want some roughage, some greens or something? No, all meat. <laughs> I don't want no. I don't want no fucking vegetables. It's my Dying. last meal. I want <laughs> steak, chicken, lamb chops. <laughs> like man, you're gonna have to shit. Like I don't care. I mean, That's like, somebody else's problem. Right, I'm gone. But I mean, like, so do they put a limit on what you can order? I hope not, because I would just try to eat forever. Man, I'm, I'm like, not done. All, yeah, I'm not done. I'm still eating. <laughs> Cold fries and melted ice cream. Like, I'm still eating it. I'm not done my nah, food, man. man. My last meal? No, nah, I'm, I'm going out. I'm Fill me it. to the gills. Throwing up? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> 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 they electrocuted. <laughs> throwing up everywhere. Getting electrocuted. Throw, projectile vomiting on the, on the, 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 the screen, the, uh, the windshield thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is a black man. So they probably, that chicken probably wasn't that good. Steak. No, no. Probably was Salisbury steak. No, yeah, it probably was Salisbury steak. <laughs> I tell you one thing I know for certain: if it says steak on there, it was from Salisbury. It's Salisbury. Wait, <laughs> that's one thing I can guarantee. I can guarantee that. What do you mean it's from Salisbury? Salisbury steak. No, but where is it? What's the name come from? Uh, Salisbury, know? Maryland. Salisbury. <laughs> Salisbury, Maryland. Is it Salisbury University? No, you school. Lie. You lie. I don't know. Possibly. This Why not? Cool. Maybe. Doesn't it seem like it would come from some place like that? It's college like, dorm, somebody, some kid in a college dorm made some Salisbury steak. Salisbury University. Yeah, you know, I got low on money. I'm a college student. I don't got money for real steak. We made some Salisbury steak. Salisbury steak is delicious. I haven't had it in like a decade, but uh-huh. it's delicious. It's in your mind. It's delicious. It's, Just it's like not. Sunny D is. Let somebody slide a Salisbury steak in front of you right now. You see if you go crazy. A well cooked, nice Salisbury steak. What does that mean? Like, I mean, like, it got some, it got <laughs> what does some, that uh, mean? It got some, got a little leaf on top of it. Some, some uh, garnish. Some what? garnish. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Garnishing the garnishing the Salisbury steak is sick. That's that's crazy. That's nice. You eat, you eat the garnish. Salisbury steak over a candlelight dinner with yeah. the, the candelabra with the three the three <laughs> candles and light them, and you tuck your napkin into your uh, shirt and eat a Salisbury oh, steak. Man. Yeah, that's got crazy. those nice garnish on there. Got some classical music playing. Got the gravy on just a half of it. Uh huh. So <laughs> spill it into the, uh, into the mashed potatoes. Just right. Got some classical music playing. You're just like, got your glass of wine with some ice cubes in it. If I'm going out, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going out. <laughs> it's like, you eating the Salisbury steak with a knife and a fork. Duh. And then you, you 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 stab it with a fork, but you eat you eat it. <laughs> the fork, you, the fork is twisted the other way. You mm, sick mm. individual right yeah, there. Yeah, this is a sick guy. <laughs> mm, that's a good year. You're like saying shit about the Salisbury steak is crazy. Ah, oh, well prepared. My compliments to the chef. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, you took your you took your napkin and tell you the Salisbury steak, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's Salisbury steak, that's why. Like, mm, 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 mm. I feel like I'm in Salisbury right now. <laughs> Take it's taking me there. Oh, so on January 26, 1956, Roche was finally executed at Sing Sing Prison. Mm-hmm. They were executed oh, so they were in the same prison at the same prison. Oh wow, execute and again, Roche was the night was was the nineteenth. Roche. No, Roy was the 19th. Roche was the 26th. Okay. Oh, of the same week, like uh, in the same month? The, yeah. Oh, wow. Same, yep. So Roche was executed in Sing Sing Prison by electric chair. His last meal consisted of fried chicken, french fries, potato. Now, I don't know if they- French fries and potatoes. I don't know if Roy was like, can I get- and They went, no. Mm-hmm. I just, I, to me, I go, he was a black man. And uh-huh. he was like, man, that's all you get. <laughs> that's it. Roche got fried chicken, french fries, potatoes- Tomato salad. Wait, is this the white guy? Yeah. Strawberry shortcake. 
oh, rolls, ice cream, coffee, and cigarettes. I'm not going to sit here and say that that dude was just unimaginative. It was like, can I get some chicken yeah, and some man. steak? <laughs> you got cigarettes? You can't eat cigarettes. That was just for pleasure. You got to smoke, Come ice on. cream, dessert. You got to take a smoke break mid-last meal. Um, it's hard for me to believe that, guy, that his last meal he went. Strawberry shortcake. I just want to. I just want some. Uh, two meats. Nah, man. He got sides, rolls. This white man asking, asking for fried chicken with herbs and spices on it. He did on purpose. Yeah, like <laughs> cigarettes. Got yeah. a nice little cup of cu- nice cup of Joe. Yeah, coffee oh, and man. cigarettes. Uh, so Roche, he had no last words. Okay, that's uh, similar to yeah. Roche met with a chaplain in the hours before he was put to death. Before his execution, Roche said he hadn't killed Bates. That was mm-hmm. the one that Pfeffer got. Um, that was dismissed. Sure, Pfeffer, who was serving time for the murder of Melon Bird, was paroled. On November 27th of 1972. So he was just saying that, you know, I guess he was just like, he felt bad. He had sympathy for him because they, they had similar lives, I guess, similar upgra- upbringings. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. But um, in this story, in this this double story that I did, this episode, um, kind of wanted to bring up some similarities. Why? Because one of them got caught during the time the other one got caught. Okay. So both men started... Committing crimes at a young age, mm-hmm. both escalated to stalking, then murdering innocent females. Yes, in the same area, uh-huh. which is what I looked up, which is com- more common than when more common than people think. What the especially two people big, could be actively killing, yeah, especially in, in the same especially area. in big cities like L.A. Yeah, in New York, cities like that. There were so many serial killers active around the same time in the 1970s in yes. L.A. Yes, and I thought about that. I said, "Damn, I, this." I mean, those are big cities. Those are huge cities. Uh huh. But I didn't think about that like two at one time. It's just yeah. it's just wild to me. People are going to go where traffic is. Yeah. Killers are going to go where the people are. Yeah. So if people go to cities and p- killers want to kill people and people are in cities and, you know, bunched together, that's where you're going to find a lot of killers there. Yep. So they was, you know, in this, you know murdering innocent females in, the, in, in their area, which is almost kind of the same area. Both men caught around the same time, mm-hmm. not while committing the, committing the crimes they were charged for. But for other reasons. Right. But then being connected to murders once they were. Right. You know, and then being able to put the dots together, they were both active at the same time. Yep. That's terrifying. Yes. So another interesting thought that I had was that both, that the men, one was black and one was white, mm-hmm. committed the same type of crime, but shockingly got the same jail time, mm-hmm. which was shocking to me. I go like, these Well, there's no days. wiggle room for these crimes. Right. But st- but but still though, like but if it was a, you know if it was robbery, then you go, then that's where the judgment of the jury and the judge of being like, I see something redeemable yeah, yeah. in you. But murder yeah. is murder, right? But I mean, you can still you can give this person you could they could have gave one the death life penalty in prison. Or, yeah, mm, you're right. You know whatever it is, mm-hmm. but they both got the death from penalty. when the stories we do and just through our history. Mm-hmm. The black man usually gets the shorter end of the stick. Sure, but in this for, case, for the same, for a sim, for similar, for similar crimes. crimes, right? Doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not putting just. I'm not putting it in the box for it to be. I'm talking about just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know when both races get charged for the same thing, the black guy usually gets the worst end of it. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, to me, that was shocking that they both got the same jail sentence, and which was by death by electric chair, which most times, like again throughout history, the black man gets the worst part of it. So being charged, being charged for their crimes and being executed in the same prison, seven days apart, mm-hmm. most likely the same electric chair is just wild to me. Oh, definitely the same electric chair. 
It's wild to me. Yeah, definitely the same electric. But I just thought it was interesting, interesting that Roy was in the same area, was caught doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, Roche got caught. Yeah. But they didn't get caught for... what In the in the act. In, in the act. Yeah. They didn't get caught. And Roy was just... He couldn't resist being around Get whatever crackers and fucking yeah staying and then at the roche was scene. just driving a stolen vehicle and couldn't come up with an, an id mm-hmm. and then they was like i just can't even imagine an, inst- an investigator or a police officer pulling this guy out. just it's innocent just like yeah regular routine traffic stop yes and then mm-hmm. like caught a fucking six a, a six person killer yeah what's also interesting is that roche was with his fiance in his mind i'm protecting you but like not really because it's me yeah, but like there was an active another active serial killer. Yeah, was out there, and what yeah. would have been crazy yeah. is if he if he was like, "You're fine, don't worry about it, you're safe," and yeah. then and then Roy kills his fiance. Be, that that would have been wild, That'd you know? Wild. Yeah, yeah, that would have been wild. But I just I just um doing the I did the Roy story initially, and then when Roche came up because they brought up like the time differences and him being caught. Mm-hmm. By them being in the same area, him being caught right after, and then them being charged and put to death around the, in the same week, damn near. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. That was Speedy. Wild. Speedy. Yeah. But you can't find, there's no YouTube videos that I could find of information. It's all just newspapers and and shit like that. But mm-hmm. the newspaper articles, again, you know, I love reading those. Those are pretty interesting to kind of see what was going on around this time that it was happening. Yeah. Just, uh, panic. Mm-hmm. Panic. And then. Women, just like, you know, I can't. Not safe. It's, it's not safe. Yeah, people not going it's to work just, probably. Yeah, man. It's just, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, let me just do the, I can do, I can blend these two, these two stories together and kind of do one story, kind of like a two for one type of thing. Yeah. And that's why I did these two stories. But I just thought it was interesting that a black and white man was committing the same crimes in the same area. Yeah. And they got the at same, the same as, time. At the same time and got and the got, same exact sentence. And got killed a week apart. Yeah, man. At the same prison. Yeah. In the same electric chair for sure. For sure, man. For yeah. sure. Norman Roy, John Francis Roche. I'm gonna die on the hill that Roy. They didn't give him all, they the, didn't all give the food. <laughs> they didn't give him the full menu. They didn't give my man he was, the full he menu, was, man. He was looking up from hell like you can get strawberry shortcake. Yeah, they did him dirty. Is he smoking the cigarette? They did him dirty, man. Yeah. He's like, no, you gonna get the you the, can get the, the two meats. Bird. Yeah, you can get the turf and bird and special, go, and you can go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You and John. Yeah, you you can get the buck and cluck special. The buck. <laughs> you can get the buck and cluck special and and ride that lightning horse to hell, you monkey. And you're like, damn. damn. Fucking. Meanwhile, this guy's like, so you want some coffee? And he's like, yeah, man, let me get some cigarettes too. Let me get some short, some short strawberry shortcake and uh, some, uh, some, get some, some of that um, KFC. So you want, you want to try the sauce break? I don't want to try no fucking sauce yeah, steak. Don't give ask me, me. Don't fucking ask. Hey, listen, don't, fry, don't fucking ask me if I want Salisbury steak again. You get me the fucking special 32 herbs and spices in my fucking jail cell right now. He's smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. Yeah. Eating, got, eating fucking crumpet cake. Crump, he got a, he got crumb a chicken cakes. box straight from Colonel Sanders. And unthankful for any of it. He's not grateful for any of it. No. He's like, man, he took you guys fucking long enough. Yeah. This chicken isn't that crispy. You Where's guys let Colonel? it sit out too long. I want long. my chicken from Colonel Sanders. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Directly. I don't, think, I don't think KFC was like, I think he was still like, yeah, he's like, his just, recipe just like <laughs> <laughs> I want that local spot. What's that local spot? Uh, Colonel think, Sanders, a chicken shack. I think he was still, he didn't go main, he didn't go mainstream yeah, he yet. Still he, his he didn't franchise yet. I, that, I want that. I want that home style from that one place on on Thirty Second Street, the Colonel's Chicken Emporium. I want that. I don't want any of that fucking uh, commercial shit, fast food chicken. I want. I want local home fresh chicken, fresh bird. 
Yeah, I get me the colonel. I want the colonel. Yeah, I went from the colonel, fresh from the slave. They were slaves was making chicken. <laughs> no, he he was racist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, for sure, this guy's racist. I don't know for sure, but I'm just gonna guess he was racist. I'm sure. Oh, you're talking about the colonel Sanders? Colonel Sanders yeah. Oh, look at him. Yeah, <laughs> Colonel Sanders is racist as shit, man. You can't grow facial hair like that and not say the the n word. <laughs> Anybody with their tw- their handle, the the beeswax is in their mustache twisted up. Is there a villain? Beeswax. Yeah, you put the tw- so, so you can so, oh, so the points of your mustache is yeah. just villainous. Yeah, you know the the colonel was racist as shit, man. Yeah, man. But he was like, boss, my hand is. A- I don't give a damn. <laughs> you batter always, those. You batter that chicken. Oh my god. Sounding like Foghorn Leghorn. Everything says on caps. Oh, man. Yeah, no, the Colonel Sanders is racist shit. Those poor people fucking ma- making fantastic food, making those herbs with the garlic salt and all that shit. And he's like, man. you better, I tell you what, you better you better battle that chicken. Hey, man, that and then he goes out and smiles at people and is like, here's this chicken I fried myself with my own hands. Should be, this should be part of history. What? The uh, racism of Colonel racism. Sanders? Yeah. No, we got to expose this, bro. Yeah, man. We got to expose this, this motherfucker, this, bro. This, this, if you wear a white suit, I can't trust you. Nah, all white is all crazy. White. The all white suit. I'll tell you, you why you know why you know you I'll tell you how I know he didn't cook that chicken. He would be smattered in grease. Yeah. All white suit? Man. Clean. Racist. Built out the, the idea that that white man's right. face is on that the big sign of 13 herbs and spices of chicken. He didn't make those. Do you eat KFC? No. I don't eat KFC. It's not crispy. I like my chin, my, my chin. I like my chin crispy. Your chin. I like my <laughs> I like my chicken crispy and um KFC is um, soggy skin. Yeah. It's well seasoned. It is well seasoned. Listen. It is. Listen. I don't know who put the herbs in white man. That's for that. (laughs) Not by an all white man. All white man in all All white white suit? No. No, an all white man in all white suit didn't formulate those those herbs and spices. Not like that. No, that shit. Listen, I don't like that it's not crispy. But when you bite into that chicken skin, man, is it is it seasoned? You can taste the racism in that man, chicken. Man, woof, man. Oh, my God. Man, you can really taste that this is hard. You can taste the sweat and, like, the, the fear of, like, we better get this recipe right. Yeah. Because something's bad is going to happen. Yeah, no, you, you, you get all You can that. really taste that in the in the, in the, uh, in the colonel's Maybe recipe. Maybe that's why black people eat. I don't eat KFC. I, I just, KFC. I just. Uh, Popeye's is, listen, if we're going to, let's just get fucking. Let's, get just, let's just get, go into it. Let's get, let's make, is this going to be the blackest podcast we've done? Are it we going to have a chicken discussion? It might be, man. No man, it's not. But anybody, everybody can eat chicken. But this is, I feel, it's it's not, delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. Everybody should yeah. eat, eat fried chicken. But no, Popeyes and the Colonel. If if the Colonel was crispy, like Popeyes, mm-hmm. if they were to somehow marry, and do one thing, untouchable. Yeah, I just I need to hear that. Yeah. If it doesn't have that, I don't want it. I don't know, man. I KFC think is too. It's so greasy. It almost tastes like baked chicken. It but is, the, the seasoning it is, delicious, is crazy. Though. You just you say that part for last though. That the, top part of that that's the skin. Yeah, you yeah. You that, put you that put, to the side. You, you did too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I was no, that's no, a palate cleanser. I want to finish off with. I want to get all the. I thought the I was only when I did that. No, you got to save some chicken you skin from the KFC yeah, to the right, end because once everything's done, you go one more like. Let me get that. Yep. Yeah, man. You get all this. That last little piece of chicken, you wrap it up in the skin. Oh, now you're getting crazy. Now, now you're talking my language. No, you think I won't make a, a chicken skin taco with like some chicken meat, some, some mashed potatoes, some gravy, and just fucking That's like a deviled egg and just and just fucking ingest that whole slab of chicken no, man, I'll concoction? Do I'll do that. All right. No, well, that. I, I lost you? Yeah, man. All right. That's fine. This uh, <laughs> you're not making chicken skin tacos? I guess it's just me. All right. Whatever. All right. Fine. Oh, man. Alvin's crossed the line. He got too crazy <laughs> with his KFC. Just eat the food. Whatever, man. Don't you just judge throw me. The piece, last piece of chicken you got uh-huh. in the skin and you eat it. Throw, you yeah, yeah. Ketchup. And then ketchup. Yeah. 
Grow up. You mean get? <laughs> What's wrong Catch with that, up, man? Talk. <laughs> nah, I don't. You lost no, me. T- now you lost me. <laughs> you know we. You know we. <laughs> no, don't even. Don't even finish. The answer is no. I don't. <laughs> Do I dip my chicken yeah. in ketchup? <laughs> You're a sick no, guy, man. man. <laughs> You're not going to leave me hanging. He's got like, like a pile of ketchup. No. He's dipping chicken yeah. in it. No, oh, that's sick. You man. ain't ketchup. With you. <laughs> You're not going to leave me hanging. No, we're going to cover this. You don't eat, oh, man. You don't eat no, K- ketchup with chicken. KFC to me is like, it's like family dinner. And Popeye's. You eat mashed potatoes, red beans, and rice. and st- You don't eat you ketchup, ketchup on the chicken. I didn't say you put ketchup on the chicken. That's what you just, that's you not what you put it on said. the side. Then dip you it. You dip it in there. <laughs> nah, that's great. Nah, I'm the only one that ain't. If maybe listen, you might have a, a a whole. It might be others out there that hear this, and this this is their call. You guys can all form That's a correct. team and an alliance. So you just eat dry chicken? Well, it's not. If it's not, well, I know I'm not eating dry dry chicken. So what are you dipping? It's juicy and delicious. We mean? Nah, I'm not believing that. All right, man. But like you, if if they came together, make a nice little chicken breast, would be delicious with a Popeyes biscuit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. We're getting crazy. I'm in. That's Sorry. getting crazy, man. This is. Making me hungry, and a little bit uh, ashamed that we're going this passionately about a uh, chicken chicken wars. Brought chicken wars back around. Yeah, whatever. It's getting but, water, watermelon, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's. This has been a, a great episode. Hey, uh, also, folks, like I said, we're changing it up a bit. So, um, uh, this week instead of good vibes, I'm gonna friend, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you. I'm gonna ask okay. you. Okay, hey, hey friend, hey, what's something you're thankful for this week? Man? Thankful for this week. Uh, I we did a little mini vacay. Uh, with the kids and the fam, uh, because the kids are on spring break. Yes. What was the name of the place? We went to uh, American Dream Mall. In New Jersey. In New Jersey, which is the second biggest mall behind the Mall of America. Uh-huh. Man, if anybody have kids and it's near, you can drive a, a nice From okay here, what distance. was the drive? It was like two and a half hours. Okay, that's hours not crazy. 45 minutes. That's not no, crazy. That's not crazy. crazy. Take a nice little trip. And you did like a overnight, and all. overnight. It's yeah, not just yeah. like going to the mall to no, get a no, shirt. No, no. We stayed in the hotel. Yeah, we uh, we did. We made a little little day. I had I had like a day off, so we went the night before, and mm-hmm. we spent the whole day down there. Came back the, the last night. But I'm thankful for, and this as you whenever you have kids, you'll mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying. I'm thankful for when you take kids or my kids out, and at the end of the day, you go, "Did you have a good time?" They go, "Yeah, it's the best thing ever." Yeah, it was. That's a Feel like you did your job. I feel like I did my job, but that's a feeling that you don't get until you're a father, right? Got it. And I'm grateful for that because I don't want to get too dark, but it's just like stuff that's been happening. People kind of lose those moments. Yeah. And I'm happy to you know to get those moments and to kind of Sit cherish them, those, and appreciate and, them, appreciate them mm-hmm. because also we went to Rainforest Cafe. They don't have here, that. Ooh. and I haven't been there since I was a kid. Never been. You never been. So when you have see when you have kids and you do stuff, you you get excited for stuff like that. Cause when I, I was like, I haven't been here in years. We get you mm. get little cups, and then I forgot they do this little like thunderstorm. I've heard of it. Man, they loved it, man. Oh, it was it, it was. I'm thankful for just those moments, seeing the smiles on their faces that yeah. they had a great time. It's just it, nothing beats that, man. So I'm grateful for that. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, my dad was supposed to take me to Rainforest Cafe when I was like five years old, Damn. but I took um some chicken and I wrapped it. And the cheese from a mozzarella stick, 
and I got incredibly sick. And so when he came to pick me up, I was like, I think I fucked oh, was your fault. And they was like, all right, well, we're still going. Oh. Car full of everybody else. Yeah. Like, I think they had a great night. What do you mean? I couldn't go. I was sick. Oh, oh, I made my, oh, 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 I thought you like was, before, you, be, like the earlier in the Damn. day, I tried to get adventurous with some food and I was like, maybe chicken and cheese would That's crazy, set it man. off in a way that people have never really comprehended. And I was, I was bedridden. At like, you still do that. Why I'm a, that? I'm a culinary experimenter for sure. Why is that? Um, I just feel like, you know, we have not reached the limits <laughs> of potential of food. And I feel like sometimes people think this combination and that combination, no, that would be nasty. And I like to go, well, let's know for sure. And sometimes I'm right. But most times you're not right. Most of the times I'm wrong. Yeah. Most of the times I'm wrong and it's disgusting. Yeah. But sometimes like I... You, I think you tried to make buffalo chicken from Chick-fil-A. That was a fucking... It was good? That was delicious. It was. <laughs> I made buffalo chicken mac and cheese. And I didn't invent that or anything like that, but I, I, I didn't do it because I saw it somewhere. I just was oh, like... Okay. I was like, let me take some buffalo packs... Some chicken nuggets and some macaroni and cheese. Put it all in one thing. Mix it up in a bowl. So you saw somebody do that? No, I'm saying I didn't. You did, but it was a thing. I'm just saying I didn't do it because I saw. I'm here's the thing. You ever have an idea that you you're like I had the idea. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't an original idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't inspired by anybody to do it, but I didn't create it either. Obviously, right. But I didn't see it. Somebody. I was just like in line. I was like, let me get this. That, but nobody that. does it from the food from Chick Fil A though. People do do it. I'm telling you, man, we're out there. The culinary experimenters are out there. We're trying. We're pushing the thresholds. We're taking right. this sandwich, open it up. How do you think the McGangbang got invented? Some oh. passive dude like you eating his chicken with ketchup? No, a dude like me that's like, let's fucking take this to the next level. And that's how you get sick. Incredibly yeah, and sometimes sick. you miss out on opportunities. Sometimes you can't go to Rainforest Cafe with your dad, who you don't have a great relationship. And it would have been nice to just have that a beautiful have moment a, with your that, dad. That probably could have been enough, a memory. Uh, would have been yeah, a great memory to have. And you, you effed it up. And that was your fault. I was being a culinary experimenter. And you know something? Fortune favors the bold. I don't I regret guess, it man. at all. I don't regret it at all. And now I know as an adult, hey, man, chicken and cheese, it's not for me. But you still miss that rainforest experience. You're right. Never been to one. You should go. Closed down months after I was yeah. sick. <laughs> it, was, it was gone. Months after I was like, was I think <laughs> to me, I'll make a Saturday and go. My dad came in and went, it's okay, buddy. We'll go next time. And then, and closed then they down. closed that motherfucker down and just left the whole state. Well, well oh, sorry, man. Well, we had a great time. They still got pictures hanging up. Oh, but, man. They took pictures with the gorilla. Yeah. But beautiful memory. I'm like, man, I just never, I just didn't get cool the cool cups. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Still drinking from them to this day. Always comes up and like, man, remember we were at the Rainforest Cat? Oh, you weren't there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, we had a blast. It was fun. Yeah. But how, what about you, man? Um, grateful for. I would say I'm grateful this week. I'm grateful for mistakes. Okay. Because they're the best teacher. Yes. And I've made uh, mistakes in my life that have taught me lessons that have put me in positions in my life today that I wouldn't change for anything. So, you know, mistakes, like I said, they're the greatest teacher. So you got to be grateful for the mistakes and appreciate the lessons that you learn to make you be able to go right instead of going left the next time you are faced with something like that. Yeah. So I, I would say this week I'm grateful for mistakes because, you know, you learn a lot from them. It's a good learning experience, yes. For I sure. agree with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, that's it. This is uh, yeah. this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Um, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.